Hey everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm Mike. And I'm Marty. And this is Two Guys, A League, and Some Guests. Let's get it started. Well, let's let's roll right into it then, let's, my man. Right around the, the boards, show. baby. Around the boards. Here let's we go. Do this episode episode of ain't enough. The ain't enough. Do enough. That's twenty nine. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Do Excellent. You, uh, German speaking people out there. <laughs> so Eastern Conference, mm-hmm. as we usually start off with. So. Oh man. My my pick for the Eastern Conference is not looking great at all. Moi non plus. Um <laughs> something like happened. I'm down 03 here. Florida <laughs> oh, ta- Florida takes the first two games in overtime. Uh Matthew Kachuk, I you know and and let's just get him out of the way right now before I go any further. I don't know if there is a more complete player in the NHL. Yeah, that's a good point. And and and, and I just mean like Production, physicality, uh, and more importantly, the intangibles. Because that veers off into about seven different avenues. From being a pest to, uh, you know, any, any, after the scrum, he's just kind of getting in there. Whatever it is, he, he's just, he's everything for that team right now. Yeah. I mean, Bobrovsky as well. I mean, I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to overshadow him in, in that regard. But I, I just don't know what, what. If I'm a co- if I'm Paul Maurice right now, like this guy almost has carte blanche, and what I mean by that is, like, what more can I ask for him? It's like, hey Matthew, I was just wondering. I know you scored a couple <laughs> overtime goals in back to back games. Just wondering, you got another one in you? <laughs> like, I, I I just I don't know what more you can ask from that player. He is giving them everything. Um, I I don't want to get into it too much, but I know you're going to get into it uh, on your side of things here w- with Florida. Swagger is a, is a big big thing going on, and Leader. confidence. Leader, right now. oh my oh, lord, man! Like he, it, like right? I actually know what's funny is I someone had posted I think it was today or yesterday to redo the 2016 entry draft, which I thought was pretty oh interesting. Oh my god! Like how would you do that? Because it went Matthews, Line A, Dubois, Pugliarvi. Uh, Yolevi, I don't even know where the heck he is, uh, and then Kachuk. So if you were to redo that, I, it was interesting. I, I wanted, I obviously I put Kachuk right at the top, and I looked. Hardly anybody would put Kachuk back at the top. A lot, everyone's keeping Matthews at the top, which I can appreciate. Are you? The, are you? Are you? For, or are you going Kachuk I'm, right at the top? Right at the top, Kachuk. Because me too. One of the like to me, it's almost a non-question type of question because. Beyond the fact that Matthews is outscoring, not necessarily in goals maybe, but in points, uh, Matthews, but Kachuk is doing so much of the intangibles, he is proving that he could take the team on his shoulders and carry them, whereas Matthews has shown the exact literal opposite of that while being surrounded by, at the very least, the same amount of talent around him. So you've got no better barometer for for uh, success to to weigh Matthews versus Kachuk, and I don't know on what planet does Matthews come out on top. How many more chances? You, well, I'm not talking like uh, this has been two or three years here. This is 2016. This is six years worth of examples. This is who Austin Matthews is, and this is who Ma- Matthew Kachuk is. So 
can we just forget about it and Kachuk is number one? This is pretty obvious. It, it is to me. I mean, production-wise, okay, you can make an argument that maybe Matthews can outproduce him slightly. It's not even by very much, slightly. No. no. But for me, for me, it's exactly what's going on right now. Where's where's Austin Matthews and where's Matthew Kachuk? Yeah. Kachuk is one win away from leading his eight seated team into the cup final come on and marching their way through the eastern conference and marty's gonna go <clears> over <throat> a couple of things in regards to some of these teams that he's beating or <laughs> that florida's beating so listen i mean kachuk <clears throat> right now he's got 15 games played 19 points seven goals 12 assists he's a plus 12 wow it's florida yeah he's plus 12 <laughs> Like 22 penalty uh, uh, pims, two pl- uh, power play goals, seven power play points, and three game-winning goals. Again, wow. what more do we want from this guy? Wow. Like, I just... I love him. I, 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 he is absolutely... Care- it's, a, it's a bit of a bad word. He's not, he's not the only one carrying them into the, into the final. No, game. but he's definitely one but of them. Jesus, man, did he ever basically say, boys, get on my back? Yeah. Yeah, like, and then you got Bobrovsky who's playing his best hockey in years. Oh crap! He's, he's 10, 10, 2 and two with a two fifteen GAA, nine thirty five save percentage. <clears throat> Excuse me. In in nine straight starts, he has a nine seventeen save percentage or better. Going back to Game Seven against Boston. Wow. Now, the reason I point that out is, if you're if your goaltender is playing at a nine seventeen. Uh, save percentage that's probably giving your team a hell of a chance to win on a nightly basis yeah exactly at the very least yeah so i mean going back to, to what i mentioned the confidence and the belief that this club has got i mean it's just snowballing for these guys right now yeah. and, and and marty we've kind of talked about this a couple of times over the past few weeks we've seen this story before and i i you know, eighth seed, seventh, uh, first. It, it it doesn't. What's that? I've got home ice advantage throughout the playoffs. Doesn't mean a fucking thing. No, I can like earn it. none of this stuff means anything anymore. Nothing. I what's, mean, Florida Flor, Florida's showing you exactly what that means. Yeah. And, and what President's Trophy home ice advantage? It, for this Florida Panthers team, it it sure doesn't seem to matter. It, it's it's funny that you keep and we're gonna continue to talk about things like this, but like I for me in particular, I love when I sort of step back and I look at what at what Florida's done to be where they're where they currently are, uh, the players, the roles that they've all played, like you know, defeating coming back and defeating Boston, switching up goalies midway through, um, going up three zero against a team that many picked to win the cup to begin with in Carolina Hurricanes, um, like it, there's. When you really step back and you listen and you look at the storyline we just said Matthew Kachuk and then you look at Bobrovsky and you can even go deeper than that like the way Gudas played against Toronto you know I now when I think of Florida I think of that image of Gudas uh, over top of wall and just like oh, just yelling his, like yeah I, my initial hit when I saw that picture was like oh that's you know that's disrespectful or whatever but like now I understand Gudas is that Gudas is that player for them so what I'm getting at is and I, we've talked about this the last couple of shows. 
everyone's got a, a role to play and everyone's playing it very, very well. And as you continue to sort of step back and, and sort of look over top, it's incredible. It's impressive. This is a story and you can tell like it, there's, there's a beginning, a middle and an end. And to me, the beginning part, which it really kicks us off, right, with defeating Boston, the best team in the NHL in NHL history in a regular season. And then you go into round two where you there's a team that comes in with all this momentum because they haven't made it to the second round in so many years. You basically sweep them. I think they did them a favor by allowing them one extra win. <laughs> but in the end, didn't huh. matter. It was 4-1. You still won. And now look at where you're at. You're at you're up 3-0 against a team that a lot of people believe should win the cup and have have every now listen. The, the series isn't over. Far from it. Every game has been won by one goal. And this is Carolina Hurricanes, people. This is Rob Brindamore's Hurricanes. Frederick Anderson is technically speaking, to a degree, outplaying, numbers-wise, in the playoffs, Bobrovsky. He's got better numbers than him. However, in this series, Bobrovsky has been playing just that much better than Anderson. Although, even that's debatable because in the last game... Um, I believe the shots were in Carolina's favor, 32 against 17, and yet somehow they lost the game. Um, so all that to say is when I see when when you see things like this start to happen, you start to realize this is a story. You're you're watching for lack of a better if you don't like stories, fine. This is a movie. <laughs> you're reading a script and things are falling right into place. And I, I honestly feel at this point. I don't want to say <clears throat> I don't want to say it's in the bag because it's not. It's 3-0 and anything can happen. Hell, it happened to Florida in the first round. But if they get past this, I don't know how you stop the story from ending with the Stanley Cup. Everything seems way too perfect for this. And in my eyes, as great as Kachuk has been, uh, you end up giving the con Smythe to uh, Bobrovsky because I in my heart of hearts, if you don't have Bobrovsky, you can have you can have three Kachucks, but if you don't have Bobrovsky playing the way he's playing, this team isn't where they are at all. So to me, that's wow. why Bobrovsky's got it. Well, I mean, to go, to, you know, to kind of piggyback on your point, the series isn't over, and no, I will definitely agree with you one hundred percent. With a Rod Brindamore coach team, yeah, be you want to be careful here. You yeah. want to be careful. Um, obviously, you know, and I've got written down here, they're, you'll obviously want to keep peppering Bobrovsky. I mean, they've got 135 yeah. shots in, in, in the, in the three games and like what, what else are you going to do? Yeah. I mean, you are running into, and we've talked about this a thousand times over as well, Marty. And it just goes back to, it doesn't matter if you're first or eighth seed. If you get a hot goaltender for 10 days and obviously Bobrovsky has been hotter than, than for 10 days. Yeah. But it, all I need is a week and a half of a hot yeah. goaltender to beat a team. True. So, I mean, Caroline is in a spot right now where they've come up against it. This guy is the hottest thing in, in the NHL the past couple of, couple of months here, yeah. goaltending-wise. I mean, he really, really is playing at an elite level right now. These yes. last nine games that I kind of mentioned, 917, save percent, like that goes back to game seven against Boston. Yeah. Like this guy has been on a massive heater. I mean, his numbers in this series, Marty, 3-0, goal against average of 1, 9.78 save percentage. What? Like, again, if you're Carolina, you you have to just keep getting shots at the net. That's yeah. the, that's the, the only, you're having a hard time beating him now. Yeah. How are you going to beat him if you're not shooting the puck? 
Yeah. So so the 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 recipe is simple. Keep shooting pucks on it. it Absolutely. You just you, you need the lucky bounce. You, yeah. you you need the puck luck. You need whatever. Yeah. But I mean, he is just he has been something else right now. Like I just th- this is very very much come out of left field. I mean. Yeah. You know, I think we all had kind of Bobrovsky pegged to a certain extent, you know, maybe a 50-50 starter, a guy who starts you maybe 50 games a year kind of deal. Well, I mean, he's rewriting the narrative a little bit here. And with with, uh, Spencer Knight out uh, in the NHLPA assistance program, like he's really running with this right now. Yeah, Alex Lyon got he and and I'm so happy the way all that played out. He got the first couple starts at the, at the start of the playoffs. Yeah. Didn't work out. Bobrovsky in. This yeah. is exactly what you paid Bobrovsky for yep. a number of years ago. You've been waiting a very, <laughs> very long time for this. Mm-hmm. So, you know what? Florida, eat it up. Absolutely. Because this this right now, it, if I'm a Florida Panthers fan, like, you are so on cloud nine right now. And it's not just the obvious. Like, the way this team is playing. Like, Absolutely, yeah. I mean, there have been several times, and I've watched uh, uh, full games of this series, uh, Florida and, and Carolina. And I'll tell you, Marty, like Carolina is very much outplaying them in, in, in a in a possession manner. Like they're really holding a lot of the play, and yeah. you can it just goes to that old adage of they just keep kind of sticking around. Yeah. You know, I, what, what was it? I think it was maybe game two. I think Carolina had like 20 shots in the first period. Oh, God. And, 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 and I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, like if, if, if for some stupid reason, I even remember saying it to myself, if for some stupid reason the Panthers end up on the winning side of this, it's all on Bobrovsky. And sure as shit it was. Yeah. Like, you know, Carol, I think Carolina had maybe a one nothing lead at, at, after that period and they had like 20 some shots to like seven. Oh. And and it was just like you're sitting there and you're like, this is going to happen, isn't it? And you can just huh. kind of almost see the writing and on that, the wall. Yeah. And that's what I mean by storybook. And that's what I mean by like it, it, you can you can see it being written right in front of your eyes and you can tell, OK, I, I can see where the story is going. You, you Everything kind of starts to make sense at the more you go through it. And I like I. I, there was one thing I didn't talk about on uh, a, a couple shows ago where I wanted to talk about the Paul Maurice versus Rob Brindamore connection because uh, I don't know if many people know this, but there that's Paul Maurice coached Rob Brindamore at one point when they, he was a coach for uh, the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, essentially, it's kind of like you know the mentor versus um, the is it mentee? <laughs> What's the guy who's being mentor? What is that? Uh, let me see here. Uh, how about teacher and student? Let's do teacher that. Teacher and student, a lot easier. Thank you. So it's like teacher versus student, right? And it's and it's great. And even even though it's three nothing, this is what I I really need people to understand. Eddie Olchek did a stupid thing the other day. He made a very was it last night or the night before? Very stupid comment where he said um, Carolina is the worst one hundred point win season team in the in the in NHL playoff history. He actually had the audacity to say it. I mean, quite frankly, he said some pretty stupid things in his time. This is this is right up there with them all. Every game has been decided by one goal. One goal. No one's being outplayed here. No, no one's coming out here and, and winning this more than the other team other than that one extra goal. The last game was one nothing. 
And Carolina did everything they could to try and win that. Like, why would you say something so inherently stupid out loud? You can think it. You can hold it inside of you. But don't let this that kind of stupidity out, out loud. When I hear stuff like that, it makes me furious because it's like, it, let's say it goes down at 4 nothing. People will say, oh, my God, they got swept. In, technically speaking, yes, they got swept. But if you look at the games, they didn't get swept. It, it was a hard battle. It could have gone either way. Had you said, you know, Carolina swept Florida, it would have sounded completely different. Maybe, maybe it would feel different because it's an eighth seed versus uh, Carolina's what third seed. Maybe that would feel a little bit more like like it makes sense. But because it's the other way, all oh, Florida swept Carolina. No, they didn't sweep them. They earned it. They absolutely earned it. And that's that's the other side of that coin that bothers me with a comment like that is that it takes away from Florida's victory. They fought hard for those victories, man. At, at tooth and nail, the way they've been playing since like, you know, two months before the end of the season, they had to claw their way into the playoffs. You don't say something like that. It takes away from the game because every friggin' one of those games, it's not like they got beat like six to nothing every one of the games. And there's, yeah, that's a different story. That absolutely got swept. This is not, to me, this isn't really the same thing as being swept. This is, you got beat by a team who just wanted a little, not wanted it more, but a team that just played a little bit harder or maybe had a, a, a goalie that was just a smidge better. And it's, this is minute stuff, man. This is picking at straws because like I said, every game and no one's outscoring the other one to a, an insane degree. It's 2-1, it's 3-2, it's one nothing. These are big blowout games, man. I mean, the, the only way that this series gets any closer is if the last game they go into overtime and it's 0-0. Zero, zero. <laughs> like, I, I mean, in all None reality, folks, I mean, th this really could, I mean, it's 3 nothing Florida, obviously. But, I mean, we could be talking about a number of different scenarios here. I mean, again, folks, games one and two go into overtime. That's anybody's game. Yeah, absolutely. And game three is a shutout by Bobrovsky, one nothing. Yeah. I mean... So, I mean, Carolina has Carolina's put their best foot. Carolina Absolutely. has put a great a great foot forward. Yep. I won't go as far as best because you, you you'll need to put some pucks in the back of the net. That's it to be yeah. your best foot forward here. Yeah. But Carolina has nothing to uh, uh, to hold their heads down at or anything like that. I mean, they played some great hockey. Yep. Again, we've said it once and we'll say it again. You are running into a hot goaltender. Period. That's that's what's happening here. Yeah. And I'll just echo the, the sentiments that Marty said earlier. You can have a number of Kachaks. I mean, and, and you can, as, as silly as it may sound, at this particular moment, you can. it's easier to replace Kachuk than it would be easier to replace Bobrovsky's play. Like, yes, if, if that makes any sense. So, yes, I mean, Bobrovsky right now, if you didn't have him, I don't think we're having this discussion right now on this podcast no. about this team. So, you know, good on them. This is a, a battle-tested team. We mentioned it already. They came right into the playoffs running. They had been playing playoff hockey for two months. Mm -hmm. That That's completely and utterly obvious right now. Like, yeah. they just... Everybody else started with that nice little jog at the start of the playoffs, and Florida fucking ran past that start line like it was nobody's <laughs> business. Nice, like, let's go. We've been on this for two months now. Last yeah. eight weeks, guys. Let's go. Yep. So... You know what? Good on them. And it's Carolina a good point, has... too. Like, if you, if you, like a perfect example. Imagine if the Edmonton Oilers would have had Bob in nets for them instead of Skinner, or at least have Skinner play the way Bobrovsky's playing right now. 
Like you've got two well, Kachucks. My- you have Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisel, both of them playing lights out, lights fucking out, carrying this team with them. It made no difference because the goalie couldn't stop a puck to save his life. That's the difference right there. Well, if if Bobrovsky's your goaltender and he's playing the way he is right now, the Edmonton Oilers are playing for the Stanley Cup. Like that, I, I'm I, no question. I'm sorry. To me, that's that that equation starts to add up real quick. Oh yeah, games are six if nothing, ha- six one. If I of six, if five, I have Bob- if Bobrovsky is bringing those all of those numbers ten yeah. two two point one five nine thirty five. If he's bringing that all over into the Edmonton net, boy, come on, come on, come on. That's enough. Like, like seriously, that that's a that's a foregone conclusion. And furthermore, they probably would have marched pretty, pretty steadily through the yeah. uh, through the Western Conference. It would have looked so. <laughs> you know what? Carolina has got their work cut out for them. They do. They're certainly the t- the type of team that can get this done. Um, if I'm calling my shot right now, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to Florida in four. They could. Um, and I'm not and I'm not the biggest sweet guy. But it's just, I mean, I, I I just get the feeling like there's a little bit of this, and and you kind of alluded to it, maybe without saying it, but there's some destiny here, man. Yeah, like it it's seems just like it. feels like like it. I mean Carolina and 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 they're up three nothing, and I again I get it, we're not gonna go over it. I mean the games were close and the whole bit, but I don't know, I just get this feeling like, but jeez, what Florida a run is gonna take this when you sit when you step wow. back and you look at this Boston. Toronto, Carolina, and then like Stanley Cup. Talking, like, holy jeez. That's heavy hitters, man. Massive. And if they go up against the Vegas Golden Knights, like you're talking about, hey, those are those are four teams that are easily in the top 10. And oh, yeah. I think we could probably start paring that down to about the top eight, top seven. Pretty close. Maybe yeah. even further. Yeah. But, hey, you're starting to really knock off the heavy hitters here. Yeah, you know what's funny, too, is last year, Florida was a President Trophy-winning team, and they got ousted in the first round. Yet this year, they barely make it in. And they load up. They load it up and everything. And we've talked about – and listen, we may not have talked about that specifically with Florida last year, Marty, but we've talked about it when these teams make these trades. And we've both said it. It's something that we think they should be doing a lot earlier in the season so you have that much more time to acclimatize that player to that roster. Yeah. Because yes. case in point with Florida, they go out, get Giroux, get Ben Sherratt, uh, you know, whatever else they got uh, yeah. at the deadline last year. And this year, they basically have no picks or really not much money or anything to move around yeah. and all these pieces. Yeah. So now, so, so now... You've got a team that said, okay, we're going to load up, and they're out in the first round, yep. as opposed to a team that really has their hands tied behind their back, yeah. and they're marching to the Stanley Cup final. Oh, so it, it's, it, 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 luck has a lot to do with this, man. To a, to a, yes, there's a lot of research you can do, and there's a lot, a lot of analytics. But man, oh, man, sometimes, though, just that eye test and that gut feeling is yeah. probably the best thing. You like the you like the comment Paul Maurice said about Barkov's injury? Did you hear that? Yeah, well, how did he how did he word that? <laughs> they said uh, oh, so um, he 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 said any update on an injury or how long he's going to be? Yeah, he went to a bar mitzvah. Oh, he went to, oh, okay. Like was it an upper body? Yeah, there was two floors. It, he he was on both floors. <laughs> like he didn't even 
Not even enough to give it a, a like. If he would have said, "Oh yeah, he was he stayed on the first floor," you could have interpreted it as like, "Oh, it's just upper body." He's like, "No, it's he, it was a two floor bar mitzvah. He went to both floors. <laughs> Nothing, just not, and I love it, man. I love. It. I honestly, Paul Maurice, one of my favorite he, coaches. I love. Yeah, him. he he really is. Like he's, you know, I I think, I think for a little bit there, maybe his um. How do I put this? His joie de vivre in regards to hockey, I think, was, Oof. I don't want to say completely gone, but it sounded like, you know, his time in Winnipeg kind of took a little bit out of him. It was frozen in and, Winnipeg. That's what happened. And I'll tell you, like, his time out there in, in Florida, boy. like Thought it out. And, 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 and he, I love these types of coaches when you really kind of get deep into the playoffs, right? Because, yeah. like, he, he's not an ass about it. Like he, no. he's got a little bit of an air about him when he wants to, he can be a little bit sarcastic with you and kind of, sure. you know, give it back to you a bit, Yep. but generally he's kind of playful with it. And he knows that these guys have a bit of a job, well, a bit of a job. He, they have a job to do yeah. and they're trying to pick all this information that he doesn't want to give them. Right. So there's this kind of cat and mouse game and yeah. some coaches just, just have the, 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 the back and forth. Yeah. Um, and, and he really does like it. It's very, it's almost like he enjoys it. I know it, I I'm, I'm sure he doesn't, but boy, oh boy, he, he gets, he gets a little bit from it. I find to a oh, certain sure. extent. Oh yeah. And I, and again, I don't think, I don't think anyone's taking it in a, in a way of like, it's disrespectful. I think it'd be disrespectful if uh, they asked the question and he came back with something along the lines of like, like I, I don't care to answer that question. Uh, it's a stupid question or anything like that. No, he's yeah. He's he doesn't playing have to the, be that way about it. Exactly. He's playing the game. He's playing the joke, and it's fine. You want a sound bit? Then well, here it is. Yeah, he went to a bar mitzvah. Yeah, it was a two floor bar mitzvah. Yeah, he went. To, he was on both floors. All good. Like there, to me, there's nothing wrong with answering it that way. <laughs> yeah, and it was great. I, I, had, I actually, I, I thought it was really, really good. In terms of the prediction, um, I, I, I just remembered because I, I had forgotten to say it, but. I'm not going to predict what's going to happen in this series. However, I will say this. If Miami Heat sweep the Boston Celtics, then Florida is going to sweep Carolina. Which, by the way, though, pretty nice that Florida uh, came back to defeat the Bruins and Miami is about to sweep the Celtics in the NBA Finals. Yeah, Miami Miami and Florida just is not a good place for any Boston sports right now. Not right now, nope. (laughs) Something in the water, so just stay and it must really and it must really suck that their uh, their golden boy Tom Brady is now basically got a stake in the uh, Las Vegas team, the Raiders. Yep, yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's just hilarious. Like he doesn't go to anybody, he doesn't go to the Bucks, he doesn't go to the New England. He's like, ah, I'm just gonna go out there to LA or Las I, Vegas, sorry, Las Vegas. Yeah, and I think he, I believe, did he not? Is he? Does he not live there? Does he have a place there? Or? I don't, yeah. He can kind of live wherever he wants. He probably I lives there in several true. other places too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Speaking of Vegas, so bud. <clears throat> oh, what happened? Well, I don't know about hockey you. Game on? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what? As much as I kind of been focusing on this Florida thing, mm. um, man, oh man, like what's going on with these Vegas Knights, man? Like they're, we're gonna have to start calling them the comeback kids. The comeback like, kids. They, yeah, exactly. There's been a lot of comebacks in this year's playoffs for this team, man. And yeah, I, I got to tell you, like and I got to tell you, as much as I hated the way Dallas played in that third period in the last game, 
Yeah. Because they, dude, when are teams going to stop sitting back? Yeah. When are they going to stop doing that? Oh, man. Like, I, I get it. I get it. Like, you know, as a professional hockey player, you everybody, all 23 of those players don't want to make the fatal mistake. Yeah. And, and But it's just, Jesus. Like, the waves upon waves of Golden Knights, it was just never ending. Yeah. And, and when you get and, you know, backed into a corner like that, you start it gets you off your game. You're playing a different game. You don't know how to react. So it better to stick to your game and uh, never let your foot off the gas because uh, they'll come at you. This is the playoffs. This is do or die. Like, why would you? Why would you let up on anything? Well, I mean, if they didn't let up, we could be talking about the Dallas Stars yeah. with a two nothing series lead here. Yeah, yeah. But hey, listen, I'll I'll give the Knights their due for sure. I mean, came back uh, from behind in both games, and you know what? There was this there was this saying that was kind of thrown around thrown around a lot after the last game with Vegas and finding ways to win. And yeah. they are like, yeah. you know, you hate to use the, the same old adages and the same old sayings, but they, they literally are finding ways to win. Yeah. I mean, Jack Eichel flips a puck in that ends up on Ottinger. He doesn't control it. Okay. That's fine. Puck bobbles around a little bit. Goes around the boards, gets back to Eichel. This guy just shovels it to the front of the crease. Yeah. And Marshall buries it. Yeah. But what was even more brutal? It's like Ryan Suter, where are oh, you? God. Oh. It, I honestly I, forgot he was like, still playing hockey until the well, playoffs. <laughs> you get you gotta feel I you gotta feel bad for the guy a little bit. Like he's 38, so Gray beard, he's on the he's more than on the back nine. Yeah. He's probably on the seventeenth hole. Yeah. Um like you know that some overtime hockey already being played in that series. Uh you know it, it, it you're getting late into the playoffs here, you know, conference finals. I, I just gotta think it's starting to wear on him a bit. I like the season, the season and then the toll that the playoffs are taking as well. Like he's just—he was never like super fleet of foot. No, but my, but my God, did he ever look lost though on that goal? I mean, that's yeah. Marcia Mar- was his guy to kind of keep an, you know, to take at that point. It wasn't yeah. necessarily his man. No, uh, but... I mean they weren't playing a man to man. But if he's kind of you know beelining it down, you, you got to do something. Yeah, you know, uh, stick in his stick or whatever, do something. Yeah. And it, he just—he does whatsoever. seem out of the play more often than in it. I'll just say that when I do watch the Dallas well, Stars in Vegas, it's been apparent. Well, what worries me even more, though, Marty, and this it goes across the series. Is it just me or does Dallas look slow compared they, to Vegas? Yeah, like the, and that's what's like, weird about this is because they're not necessarily—they're not necessarily they're not a slow a, team. No, and they're not necessarily old either. Like, they, yes, no. they've got a couple of players that are up there in age, but they've got more than enough speed on that team to be able to keep up. When I think Dallas, I do think offense. I do think offense first. Um, and they're being led by their younger stars right now. So uh, save for uh, Pavelski. Although Pavelski, as far as I'm concerned, isn't doing anything wrong at all when I do watch he looks fantastic. Like he he's in he's in the right position all the time. He's he's getting back. He's he's maybe lost a step or two, 
he was never necessarily that fast to begin with, but he's always been a high IQ kind of guy and it's still there. So I, I don't really know what it is. I, I, I don't look at it as necessarily as they're being slow, although <laughs> when you look at it, it, it definitely appears like they're being outskated. But I think it's that they're they're more, can I say that they look lost to a degree? They Maybe they've been taken out of their comfort zone and they're playing a game that they're not used to, so they're not comfortable in their positions. So that's why they're falling behind on plays. And I, it just doesn't, this Dallas squad doesn't totally look there for whatever reason, even though they've been leading a lot, like the, the two games that they've lost, they, they were leading, I think they were leading the first game as well at one point. But regardless, they've got pucks in the net and they're they're able to keep that going. So that's why I don't think this is, I don't think this one's remotely over. I know it's 2 nothing. But it's. I think Dallas is about to march it back, and this is going to end up being a lot closer. Like our predictions, I think we are. Our predictions were to go at least six games. I think on both series. If I'm, uh, I had mistaken. seven. I had Carolina in seven, <clears throat> and I think we both had uh, Dallas, Dallas in six. six. Yeah. So it's far from over. Um, it'll it'll go basically. It should go the distance. Um, I'd be really surprised if this comes close to a sweep. Because again, Dallas has all of the right pieces. Odinger still owes them a game or two to win. Uh, Robertson is, I think, about to turn it on. Even though, again, he's got a lot of points, but um, not so much in the goals category. The one that he got recently, uh, you know, the puck bounce off the boards kind of weirdly and and Heinz just chucks it in the front and and he's there and he tips it in great looking goal but you can see on his face like oh my god it's about fucking time I scored a goal like you can tell like he needs this for himself as much as for the team and I do feel like that's the beginning stages of this I do think game three possibly game four he'll turn it around and you'll see a different Robertson is it going to be enough I don't know is it too late I don't think so because I do, again, Odinger, as far as I'm concerned, owes them a game. He hasn't been playing great, but he can. And he can still get there. It's 2 nothing. They'll be fine. There's still time. So, And the two games were in Vegas. They're coming back to Dallas now. A little bit more dangerous in, the, in their club. So we'll see. Well, I mean, you got to hope with Dallas being back at home, maybe they're going to be a little bit less disjointed. Because, I mean, maybe. Yeah. Th- that's probably the word I'd use for the both third periods um, of both yeah. games. I mean, they just... You know, they kind of need to, to, to be able to close it out, right? And, I, I mean, for me personally, the goaltending is definitely an area right now where Vegas is, and, and odd enough to say with the yeah. two goaltenders we're talking about, that Vegas would have the upper hand here. I mean, yeah. Hill's played great in these playoffs. 5-1, and 2.28 goals against average, and 9.30 save percentage. Yeah. He's been super solid in replacing uh, Laurent Bossois, um, and he's given them a chance to win every night, and that's all you can really ask for, right? Yeah. Now, going to, and you just mentioned him uh, a second ago, Jake Ottinger. Now, listen, Jake, you are the best goaltender left yeah. right now out of the four teams, okay? In his last seven games, he's three and four, 3.60 goals against average and a 970 save percentage. So, <laughs> yeah, ah. going to need to turn that, going to need to turn that around. He's due. And furthermore, and you've mentioned it. He's going to need to steal at least one, if not two, Marty. Yeah. At this point, at this point, being down to nothing. Yes. He, he got, he, he's got to steal you one. That That's yep. that's not even a question any longer. No. 
And in my in my the way he's played of late, I want to see him steal too. Uh, like I, 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 I think it'd be great. He, yeah. he he can he can definitely do it. I mean, look oh, at absolutely. the way this guy played against the Calgary Flames last year. Yeah. So don't tell uh, me this guy can't turn it on. No, he you know he he, sure. he deals with Seattle in Game Seven. So it's not like this guy can't deal with the pressure here. Yeah. So time time is now. Yeah. Time to get on it. Uh, I mean, you know, back at home here, you're going to need to kind of r- ride the wave of the crowd a little bit here. <coughs> get one in early, and let's see yes. what happens. Absolutely. But get one but one other guy I wanted one other guy I wanted to point out real quick, Marty, before I yeah. send it back over to you. Jack Eichel, and we talked about him enjoying his first yeah. taste of the playoffs. I I really like his game right now, bud. I really like his game. He's brought it to a different level, and I'm not necessarily focusing all of that thought on production. No. I I I like some going back to that goal that this that that uh uh Marshall scores in front of the net. Yeah. It's just kind of smart decisions. Like here's here's Eichel. He kind of turns it around a couple of times in his own end, winds it up a bit, sees that he's kind of got ahead of speed more than anybody else, really. So instead of you know either passing it off, he just kind of, he knows he's got the speed, so he just kind of flicks it in on um, on Ottinger. Okay. It's a bouncing puck, so it's already going to give him a little bit of trouble. Yeah, which it does. He he can't he can't uh, corral it. Yeah. So just that, like. It's those small little things, right, coming from this guy. I mean, you know, we saw all the the shenanigans and the tomfoolery in Buffalo and how he kind of fought back against the fans and this and that and the other thing. Okay, well, that's all over and done with. Yep. He's in He's in a happy place, surgery done. He, he's, he is where he wants to be, yeah. uh, you know, loving playoff hockey. And and I just find he, he's making those right decisions. He's, he's becoming a leader. To me, now I agree. I, I don't want. I don't. I don't want to say like raw, raw leader or Mark Stone type of lead. Like he's going to be a leader in Jack Eichel's way, and and I, I just I like some of the things that are happening uh, to him for him uh, at the current moment. And I just wanted to give a shout out to uh, to Eichel for sure. He's playing some really good hockey and good on him. I mean, it, it's about time we see him in playoff hockey. And boy, oh boy, he sure is giving us. Uh, he sure is giving us his best. That's for sure. I think more than that, it's it was about time that we see what Jack Eichel can do in a moment where he definitely needs to be Jack Eichel, right? The player that we all thought he was going to be. Okay, so now let's put him in that moment because according to you know according to him or according to Lure, that this is this is where he is, right? This is what he or this is what he needs in his career. All right, well, fine. What are you going to do at the moment? Well. He's answered like he, you know, he's dependable in this moment to maybe not necessarily be the voice in the locker room leader, Mark Stone, but definitely lead by example on the ice. Also Mark Stone, but Jack Eichel, identical six and nine, 15 points in 13 games. But obviously Mark Stone with the injuries, it's, it's a little bit more inspiring in that sense. Mm-hmm. But for Jack Eichel, no less inspiring just because he's 
he's smart. He's making all the smart plays right now, and he's really elevated his game to a different level. I don't know that had Buffalo been in the in the playoffs when he was younger, had we seen this type of play out of him. I think he really needed a lot of maturity. Maybe being around a Mark Stone helps that. Maybe that's where this is coming from. Maybe coming from maybe even Bruce Cassidy saying, listen, bud, you're going to have to change your attitude on this because I won't, I won't be putting up with it. I don't know. But one way or another, all things combined, Jack Eichel is playing mature hockey, mature and smart hockey. And quite frankly, he deserves the praise because we've all been saying like, okay, well, you know, you're a cancer in the locker room and, you know, can't be played with, can't be relied upon, all this, that you, you disappear, all that kind of stuff. Well, no, that's not, this is not who he is this year at all, at all. He's had a great year in Vegas and is having a phenomenal playoff with them. So we need to give credit where credit is due. 19, almost 20 minutes uh, time on ice, 15 points. The guy's playing very, plus eight, guy's playing very well, very well. I mean, it, it it's a case where it's just, you know, it bring, playoffs bring out the best, right? And... It certainly is bringing out the best in this player, that's for sure. Unless you're a Maple Leaf. <laughs> Unless you're a Maple Leaf. God, Jesus. Oh, Matthews. Sorry. But, I mean, this is definitely the series itself. Um, you know, obviously, game three is going to be critical, particularly for Dallas. Yes. Um, what More importantly for me, yes, you got to win the game. Like, that's kind of Captain Obvious. Thank you very much. Yeah, but I I want to see Dallas continue to push. What I've seen the yeah. past couple couple of games is a team that gets out there, they get a lead. And why are you why are you not? What I've never understood, and this can go across the board, regular season. When when a team is playing well, let's say you're up four to one in the third period. You know what? I'll make it an even closer game. Let's say you're up three two. You're playing a great game. Why are you changing the way you, you're leading? You're winning the game. Yeah. Why are you changing the way that you that you're playing, which has gotten you a lead? Yeah. Or you or, and are winning the game. Why are you changing the way you play? I just I've never understood that. I don't get no, it. I understand like being more cautious. <coughs> My lord. Like there's being cautious to the point where you're giving up leads, yeah. and. and if if I'm being truthful, I really do feel like this is what Dallas has done over the past couple of couple of games. I mean that, and and they they are going to need to win an overtime game, like their own four in overtime games this playoffs, and that's going to cost you, man. Eventually, like you're going to need to pot one in overtime at some point, if and when you <laughs> do get there again. So, you know, Dallas has got a little bit of an uphill battle here, but get that's that a- one game back, and yeah. you know the the series changes a little bit here. Yep, just that so one we'll, game. Honestly, so when you get that one game back, it, it'll shift, and you're still at home. So I think the most important thing, win this game, but like you said earlier, get an or get an early goal. Get the crowd into it, and that's about as important as you can get. Well, you want to get a you want to get a frenzy going, right? Like yes, get the other team feeling uncomfortable. They're at, not in their own barn. You know the place is coming down on them. You know, music's yeah. loud, crowd's nuts. Like, yeah. you just want to get this thing into a frenzy and really get the, the chaos going. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, all right. And while speaking of chaos, I think we should take a little break. I got to go cough my brains out for a second. <laughs> hey, um, yeah. 
But uh, in the meantime, while I'm busy coughing my brains out, why don't you listeners sit back and enjoy a few words from our sponsors, and we'll be right back. Light the lamp during hockey playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can make a $5 bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with the code THPN. New customers can make a $5 hockey playoff bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Let's face it, with coffee starting at $5, yes, even without any customizations, and our bank accounts somehow always depleting, we are officially entering a dupe session. Most products do the same thing, but are priced differently solely based on the brand name. So a good duplicate, or dupe, is crucial for getting the highest quality at the best price. One dupe you definitely shouldn't sleep on, Raycon wireless earbuds. Raycon is premium audio at the perfect price point so you can listen to what you want, when you want, without breaking the bank. Raycon's mission is to prove that you shouldn't have to pay an arm and a leg for quality sound and essential smart tech listening features. You can get a pair and a spare, and still pay less than what you would on some of those other, more big-name tech brands out there. Raycon knows that in this economy, every purchase needs to be perfect. They offer buy now, pay later options. Right now, you can pay as low as $18 at checkout. They have an easy and free return guarantee. They offer two years of product production insurance for just a few bucks. They offer free domestic shipping and flat fee international shipping. They have over 50,000 five-star reviews. Three customizable sound profiles, earbud tap functions, noise isolation, awareness mode, custom gel tips with the perfect, most comfortable in-ear fit, crystal clear call quality, water and sweat resistant, eight hours of playtime. I mean, these earbuds are really spectacular. Go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. And we are back with Beauties and the Beast. And Marty, I think what we're going to do this week, after I let you have a little sip of that beautiful beer thank you i think we're i think we're gonna let you take over uh and you start with your beauties and beasts this week i tend to kind of start most weeks so let's get into it because i because you've got some uh you've got some things i think that we can really sink our teeth into here so uh go a couple of interesting ones for sure i want to start with a player haven't done a player in a while so i figured i'd get a player but marsh so because quite frankly he is the epitome of consistency without the flash uh the i can do it just not all the time the uh, if you need me, call me. I'll be there. It's that guy, right? If there's such a thing as a core three for a second line, he's a big part of that. Mr. Dependable. Marchie got an assist, but more importantly, he got the tying goal late in the third that sent them into OT where Stevenson was able to keep an amazing season going, uh, scoring the game winner. But Marsh so to me is the hero of that game. He'll make it hard on Dallas to do what I just said that they should be able to do, which is continue to be that kind of player that seemingly comes out of the woods to score big goals when needed most. Um, but at the end of the day, Marshy is just, he, he's a complete player without any of the flash, like I said. Like, he's just, I love having him. I've had him on my fantasy team several times. And even I, every every week with Sam, I, I, like I, we always do. Every week you go back and you have a look and what player did what. Marshy would always, at the very least, like you hate to sit back, even when you win, you hate to sit back and look at your team and go, geez, I got, you know, this guy didn't score any goals or any points at all. I got zeros out of these two guys. 
Marshy in his in an entire season, I you would be hard pressed to find a week where he got a zero, unless he played, let's say one game or two games that week, whatever. But if you've got a minimum three games for that week, <clears throat> Marshy's good for at least a point, if not several, because um, he's just he's just that dependable. It seems like whenever Vegas needs kind of like something to pick me up, that third line that and when or no the second line, sorry, those the the three that I'm talking about is Marsh and I've talked about before. Marshy, Riley, and uh, Nylander, those three who have been there since the beginning, um, there's something special about those three. Um, and I just, I you don't know, I, just, I love seeing them. Or you Carlson, mean Carlson? Sorry, not yeah. not Nylander. Okay. Sorry, Carlson, you're right. Um, so yeah, it, but Marshy is always, to me, has always been that number one guy. I'm trying to remember where he came out of, where he wasn't protected. And I wanted to say St. Louis. I don't think it's St. Louis. It's Florida. There you go. See, could you imagine that? Marshy over in Florida. Oh, dude. On top of that? Jesus. <laughs> He's, you know what he he's to me, he's that, um, and, and you don't want to diminish his regular season totals. Like, I mean, we're talking about a 28 goal score in the NHL. Okay. Yeah. Like pots, a couple more, you got 30 goals there. So like, it's not easy to score in, in, in the national hockey league. Right. So 28 goals, 29 assists, 57 points in 76 games. Nothing to like, you know, it's not in your McDavid territory here. Okay. Obviously, but I've always seen him. He's that type of guy that I I'm more fearful of in the playoffs. Oh than, yeah, exactly. Than, than I ever than I ever would be in the regular season. You're and right. again, that's not a slight to the player in any way, shape, or form. No. It's just he he just he's that type of guy. He knows how to come up big. Yeah, exactly. I'm not saying he's going to do it every time. No, but I, and I and I want to say. I think I overheard um, Elliot Friedman on the panel over the weekend say something to the extent that at the beginning of the playoffs, Marshy was having a bit of a tough go. I think in the first round, he was kind of like almost an offer or didn't have very much production. Okay. Round two, he decided to go to the net, like to get get to the middle is okay. apparently what, what, what was said. So in doing that of course you see some of the results that that happened the eichel uh pass for the for the uh tying yep. goal in the last game you know what without getting too convoluted here he's just he for me he's just that consummate playoff performer yeah exactly i i i fear him so much more in the playoffs and, and you're right for right that. F- and rightfully so i mean he's just he he just has a a, a quality about him that that he, he knows he knows when it's the big time Yep. Like, I mean, you can't get any any bigger than what? I think it was a couple of minutes left, maybe two twenty left in the uh in the third period. He comes up big when, like that. Like when the chips know, are just... down. Yeah. And, and and you are right. From a fantasy uh a fantasy team perspective, he certainly is one of those players that is a great uh fill in. Yeah, exactly. Super, super fill in. Like yep. not probably not the guy you want to be dressing on a weekly basis per se. But no. man, oh man, he's going to be one of those guys, one of those first two or three players that you're going to go to on your bench when, yes. I mean, he's always being deployed in, in a fairly um, beneficial manner, uh, yep. production wise. I mean, you know, he's not this great defensive stalwart, so it's not like, you know, he, he's taking defense, defensive zone faceoffs or anything like that. So, you know, j- again, just a, a great playoff performer, super fantasy guy in regards to a filler. I mean... What more can you say about Marshall? I mean, he's just coming up big. It's your Swiss Army knife of hockey player. Yeah, man. Like. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All 
Uh, moving on to my next point, Craig Conroy in as GM in yeah. Calgary. Now, I didn't – leading up to this, <clears throat> when I had first heard his name thrown around <coughs> – sorry, guys. Uh, when I first heard his name being thrown around, I immediately went to his playing days, and I'm like, okay. I mean, I could, it kind of makes sense, right? Like, a, he was a decent player, not a great player. He never necessarily – stole any games or there's no moment in my mind that sticks out granted i I am positive there's a lot of calgary flames fans out there that have several uh moments that stick out in their minds he was an assistant captain he was there with jerome aginla um he was there with kiprasov you know with some late runs that kind of thing some good teams um but what i didn't know was how much he's been involved since so apparently right after he retired he was hired and I, mm-hmm. I believe it was even like the very next day he was hired. I want to say his first job was a scout, but man, he's been, apparently he's been in a, a bit of everything. He's been an assistant GM. He's been a scouting. He's done some coaching. Uh, the players just love him. There's a nickname for him, but now I forget what it was. Something to do with the fact that he always smiles. Now, why is this important? Now, <laughs> this might sound, <laughs> this is going to sound stupid for me to say this. This might sound a little too woke for me to say this, but you're going from Daryl Suter, who literally, like, players did not enjoy playing under his regime. And what happens in a team when you allow the coach to basically dictate what the GM is going to do, you've essentially lost all control. Um, As a GM, you should never let your coach kind of start to dictate things for you. And that's kind of what was happening there. And the way Daryl went about business, um, you know, God love him. I, I did always, I still, I, I definitely have all the respect in the world for him. He's got, he's done nothing but win everywhere he goes. And there's no reason not to at least appreciate the career, the great career of, of one Daryl Suter. However, his time had long since been gone. And I know he was the coach and we're talking about the GM, but it was, it, it was that environment that he created that should have been dictated by the GM, not necessarily the coach. In the dressing room, on the ice, that's different. But overhanging over the entire organization, that's on the GM. And that's not what happened before. So I really like the fact that they got rid of Trevelling, they got rid of um, Suter, and now they've got Craig Conroy in here to pick his next coach. Uh, I, I know they got Dave Nonis in there as well. I, not too sure about that one but we'll see it's good to have experience with you uh conroy hasn't necessarily had this job all to himself right so this it's a good move to uh, it's a good move to bring the two together at the same time i do think this is good the environment is going to be different you're going to go from tough as nails hard in your face accountability that kind of stuff not to suggest that there isn't going to be accountability here um it's just that it's going to feel like the players have room to breathe which is very important especially for one jonathan Ubero. The next big, big step for Craig, obviously, is picking the right coach for this team. But I do think he's going to nail it on the head because he understands the players better than Daryl did. Or at least the landscape of what a player needs now has changed. Uh, and the reason why I said this might sound a little too woke is because old school is, no matter how, 50 years from now, we're still going to be talking about old school hockey. And it's still going to refer to the 1950s and the 1960s. <coughs> I'm literally dying. Um, <laughs> but what I'm what I'm most interested in here is that it doesn't like this new kind of hockey does not mean that there's no accountability. 
It just means that we allow the players to grow within a system and be themselves and find their place rather than push them into a place that makes them uncomfortable and unsuccessful, which if the player's being unsuccessful, then your team's going to be unsuccessful. If you've got an entire team doing that, then yeah, I mean, the whole organization's going to crumble. And that's essentially what happened. So I think this is a step very much in the right direction for Calgary. I think Craig Conroy is absolutely, again, didn't know this at first. When I started reading up about this and why, I'm like, why did they jump all over this? Holy geez, he's really been doing a little bit of everything for this team already. So he's got the chops. He's got some people underneath him, with him, sorry, not underneath him, but with him to help him really sink his teeth into this team and do the GM thing the right way. I think this is, I, you might see a quick turnaround for this team. Oh, and, and I think you will. And I have to agree with you wholeheartedly. I think it's the perfect hire. He's been in the uh, assistant GMs, or yeah, he, assistant GM. Just want to make sure so, yeah. here. Hold on one second. If it's not, uh, he has it. been in the, yeah, he's been the Flames assistant GM for the last nine years. So, I mean, yeah, if right. if you're going to do any kind of a handoff, this is yeah. probably pretty good here because I mean, it, this guy's going to know pretty much the ins and outs of everything in regards to where they want to go, uh, how they want to do it, uh, again, who they want to bring in as a coach. And yeah. you know what? I, I I think the your best point that you made there, Marty, was he knows. And you know what? I'm going to link this up a little bit to um to the hiring of. Uh, oh my God! I'm having a, a brain fart here. Montreal's new GM. Um, oh my God, that's brutal. Hughes? Why am I having such Hughes, a uh, yeah, Ken Hughes. Kent Hughes. My God. Kent Hughes. Yes, yeah, brain yes. fart. It's the COVID. Um, so. <laughs> It's a little bit like, I mean, he was an agent, right? So he heard it from his own clients, what they did and didn't like about all of these organizations, uh, training facilities, uh, whatever the case may be. Well, Conroy's kind of the same thing. Like the guy was a player, so he's got extensive uh, knowledge of what, what's out there, what's going on, what the players do and don't like. Um, yeah. and, and I do think that that's going to come in very handy in regards to him hiring a coach. Um, yes. I, 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 I certainly don't think that you're going to have a taskmaster. Uh, I, I don't think it's going to be of the Tortorella, uh, no. or Daryl Sutter type. Uh, I think it's going to be somebody a little bit, you know, that can massage things a little bit more. Um, but, but I'll tell you what, like, I mean, he, he, he's just been, he, you know what? It's quite a possibility. I've heard, uh, Gerard Gallant, uh, Gallant as well too, for absolutely, that position. Yeah. Uh, I've actually heard it for the Leafs too, as a matter of fact. So, uh, Gallant, that <laughs> everyone's is. up for Leafs. Um, but yeah, I mean, good hire. Um, I think it's going to be a great transition for this team, and I do think that this team is going to be competitive again. And I, I think it's going to be next year. Like, I don't think, I, I don't think there's going to be uh, this second year without the playoffs. I really do think that these guys are going to be pushing for playoff hockey here. There's definitely enough talent on that team that there's no reason why they shouldn't. Have Absolutely, been. they almost made it in this year. Um, the main reason is because a lot of players are under underperforming, and then you take a step back from that a little bit more, you start to realize, okay, well, the the culture in Calgary had kind of soured pretty pretty quickly um, under Trevilling and Suter. So, it, it it the change was obvious, but how you go about that change wasn't. This to me feels like absolutely a home run. Well done, Calgary. Uh, I, in my opinion, you got the right guy. I'd be very interested in see who they get to coach this. So, because um, yeah. to me, that's that's the biggest piece at this point now. Uh, but now, but it's only because you went out and you got Conroy. So good on them. 
Um, <clears throat> so moving on, Dubas in Pittsburgh. And I'm saying Ooh. this knowing full well that mm -hmm. there are a lot of people who want... And apparently this is very close to being a reality um, <clears throat> in terms of people wanting Dubas in Ottawa. Now, I don't know... I. I don't know why Sense fans... Sorry, I shouldn't say that. Dubas is a very good GM. He's very good at what he does. He deserves all the praise, all the... He's, in my opinion, not he's he's the fall guy for an entire team and, hell, an entire organization um, not getting it done in Toronto. Um, he is that fall guy, and I think there's more movements coming, but we'll, that's, a, that's a story for another day. But in Kyle Dubas, in terms of what Ottawa needs... No, it doesn't make sense. This team isn't rebuilding. This they they don't need him to come in and just sit there and sort of pontificate about, yeah, this is a great team. Um, yeah, yeah, you got a great coach. Yeah, you got some great players. Yep, yeah, yeah, okay. One little move here or there. You don't need to pay Kyle Dubas money to to get results in Ottawa right now. The, the results are on their way. They're coming. They're coming this year. I guarantee you. Um, there's too much talent going on in that team. There's too much uh, hype uh, with the sell coming up as well. There's not much that this team really needs. Dorian did a fantastic job in the offseason last year. Um, getting DeBrincat under contract, to me, if they don't, doesn't mean Dorian didn't do his job. Um, I, I'm, not, I'm not completely sold on this team having to sign DeBrincat. So what I'm getting at is a lot of what needs to be done to sort of sew this up. Actually, <laughs> I just thought of something. What this team needs is a goalie. The last thing they need is Kyle Dubas coming in there and going out and getting Matt Murray again. Because <laughs> if Kyle Dubas has a bad track record anywhere, it's getting the right goalie for his team. So that, that's another reason why, Ottawa, you don't want Dubas. What you need him to do is in Pittsburgh, where I, I, in my opinion, you got Gunsel, but more importantly, sorry, you, I should start with the, the main three, right? You got about three years left of having Crosby, Malkin, and Latang. Malkin was signed to a four year contract, I believe. Latang to a five, or was it six? Six. It was six, eh? Ugh, I don't really like that. But anyways, um, but what I'm getting at is so you got Crosby, Latang, and Malkin. And then you throw in Gunsel and maybe a couple of the players here and there. But regardless, and you got Jerry, Tristan Jerry, a real goalie over in Pittsburgh. This is where Dubas could shine to surround those players with his analytics. Oh, look out. I think you can get three years out of this squad with Kyle Dubas. I think he he gets them, he gets them not only just in the playoffs, because they just missed the, for the first time in a long time. But I believe he gets them back into being a serious contender, very competitive. And I this is where Dubas is. This is the kind of stuff that Dubas would shine into. So for me, man, Dubas in Pittsburgh, I it'd be it'd be a rare occasion where I I I'm glued to my phone to see where Dubas where a GM lands because this would be very interesting to me. I would really like to see that. I think it'd be very successful for them. Well, I mean, there'd be a lot of motivation, right? I mean, yeah. With with how things ended, and and look, I mean, we've we've all read the reports and and so on and so forth, and it certainly looks like the big ask that got Dubis his walking papers was apparently MLSC is quite involved in hockey decisions. 
right to the point where when something needs to get done it has to go through the board well he wanted to streamline that process so that it wouldn't and you could very well see where that could come in into play and be very convoluted during the trade deadline yeah i mean you need to kind of make decisions almost on a yep. you know on a whim here so apparently that's that's the big falling out there yeah he is a good gm um i i, I obviously his thought process in a ro- in in regards to roster construction is much different than mine mm-hmm. um he wouldn't be able to have that autonomy to construct a certain roster a certain way like he did in Toronto that he that that he would be able to do in Pittsburgh i mean everything's there already so you are just adding to the fringes right and maybe his analytics do come into play and get them the right people in, in those fringe roles around right. the stars yeah so i can see i could see that i can certainly see that working for them that way in regards to ottawa i just think there's too much going on there right now yeah. with the sale of the team um yeah. you know dorio is still there it's not like you fired your gm no so i i mean i can understand where like you know maybe some of the maybe some of the fan base is interested but i mean it just doesn't seem to kind of fit it's a bit of a yeah I don't get it. A bit of a weird fit there, but I mean, the guy's going to find himself uh, uh, another gig. I I don't know where that's going to end up being. And and if it is in Pittsburgh, I mean, he's walking into a half decent situation. I mean, yes, they're all on the back nine here of their careers. So, you you know, you're getting the tail end of it here from, from where go, but I mean, need I say more Sidney Crosby? I mean, yeah. Whenever Sidney's around, I I mean, eventually, yes. He's still playing elite level hockey. Sidney Crosby yeah. still absolutely Sidney Crosby. Uh, Malkin had himself a hell of a, bat, a bounce back season. Um, Latang, hopefully, uh, biggest things that were holding him back were his health issues. Um, if that could be uh, behind him uh, for the next season or two, um, and Dubas does end up there, I do think you'll see some pieces floating around them that make a little bit more sense and kind of fall into place. Um, and uh, I'm trying to think of the coach right now. Johnson? Uh, Sullivan. Mike Sullivan, Sullivan in Pittsburgh? Mike, I knew it was Mike. It was Mike Johnson. Oh, Mike Johnson's the other player. Never mind. Um, but yeah, Sullivan. Yeah, Sullivan. Like the, the stuff he does with Pittsburgh uh, with like, you know, basically like everybody's injured all the time at the, at the beginning of the season. Like so many problems, but yet continuously winning game after game. Like he's an impressive coach. So I, I think all things considered, everything put together, Dubas, I, I, in my opinion, uh, it's a match made in heaven. I think that actually he takes them straight to the Stanley Cup Finals. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I just see it. So hopefully for me anyways. There you go, there you go Kyle. We'll see you in Pittsburgh, buddy. Um, okay. And uh, my beast is this Nico Sparks consor- Consortium. Consortium? Consortium. Consortium. Um, yeah. Nice. So I was obviously all uh, team Ryan Reynolds uh, right out of the gates, of course. Uh, but then when you know the whole thing happened with um, with the Remington Group, uh, them pulling out, uh, yeah, I, I basically jumped ship and I went over to because Snoop I had that was <coughs> <coughs> oh god, isn't that fun? <clears throat> Snoop, uh, I think it was actually that day, uh, made an announcement, or it was the day after, where he made an announcement where he was uh, opening up 
to the First Nations group and allowing yeah. them to become a, not just a small minority owner, but it was over 10%. So that's a seat yeah. at the table, as they say. Um, so to me, that was like, okay, you know what? I, I'm 100% Team Snoop. Um, I, I got blasted early on for, cause at the beginning stages, when Snoop sort of started this, he said, I want to bring hockey to my community. Yep. Now, when I hear something like that, my, my initial thought right away was, okay, I don't want him because the second, should something happen and the senators start to falter in terms of attendance and should it happen where it's several years now, all of a sudden you've got an owner who's much happier with the team in Sacramento than he is in Ottawa. Cause that to me, that's what that sentence means, right? It, it, I, I want to bring hockey in my community. Okay. Well, I, I posted that out there and I said, uh, when I, and I basically highlighted that quote, I said, absolutely not full stop. He shouldn't get the team. Well, apparently that means I'm a racist. Everyone thought I meant, no, it's because he's black that I don't want. No, couldn't be further from the truth. Couldn't care less. That has nothing to do with this. I don't like the idea of a Canadian hockey club being owned by somebody. He doesn't need to eat. He does not need to own a hockey club in order to bring hockey to his community. You can, and he's always talking, he's uh, um, gin and juice. He's got a Pittsburgh Penguins hockey jersey on. And that video was in 1994, I believe, or five. So he's been in love with hockey for a very long time. I do not doubt his love and appreciation for the sport. However, I'm positive that, like I just said, should the team struggle for some reason and flirt with the concept of moving, we'll have an owner who is from the States and would love the concept of the Sacramento Sens. And I wouldn't blame him from a business perspective. That makes the most sense. This is where you live. You want your team there and you want to grow it in community. All of that makes sense. That's why I don't want him as the owner. But after I saw him say, you know, First Nations evolved, like, he was doing all the right things. Not just him, the group was. And I thought, okay, this is great. Then all of a sudden, it's this guy, Donovan Bailey, who I don't know if you heard at one point, Donovan Bailey, after he announced he was joining the Nico Sparks team, he said, one of my favorite players from the Ottawa Centers is Mike Spezza. Okay, so you don't really like the Ottawa Centers. <laughs> Someone told you yesterday, Jason Spezza was a good player. So mention him in the interview and you forgot his first name was Mike. Or uh, now I did it. <laughs> now you forgot his first name was Jason. Anyways. So I'm like, okay, well, this isn't where. Then it was someone. Now it's someone. It's uh, Arlene Dickinson from the Dragons, and now it's oh, he's other, got he's got all the Dragons dang every, guys. Every, they're all so in. They're all in. <clears throat> oh, they're okay. all in. So everybody. So nobody's in it for the Ottawa Senators. Everybody's in it for their pocketbook. I hate this group. This group means shit to me. This group gets a hold of this, it'll look great. But the second things don't go right, and the other thing that bothers me with 30 owners, let's say one owner five years from now decides, you know, I'm not interested in this anymore. I'm going to sell my my stake in the team. Yep. Who are you selling it to? It doesn't matter. And that will be a quiet sell. It'll fall under. No one will. It will be on page seven if anyone even reads the paper anymore. But my point is, is that at some point, these owners won't care about this team even more so than right now. <coughs> and I don't like having 30 owners for one club. I want one to maybe three owners max, and that's it. And I, I, I think I just explained why. So this Nico Sparks consortium, uh, no, please no. I don't think they're the favorites, though. For everything that I'm reading, it's uh, Loudner and um, is it Arkell is the other guy or whatever? <clears throat> the is, it an, no. is it and Lauer and Lauer? Is that it? 
the other yes, he, he owns he owns a he owns a junior team. I just can't remember which one. And Lauer. Okay, so Michael well, Michael. I think it's Michael and Lauer, or he's I, maybe I'm not. He saying does it own the junior team. Does he not own a minority stake in the Canadians as well? Uh, I thought he did. I thought okay. he did. I'm not 100 percent on that. And if he, and another, if he, and if he doesn't, well, he another, did before. Well, that's another reason why to like somebody like him. Like he, you know, his roots are here to yeah. an extent, right? He's yeah. from Canada. He's, from, he's somewhat from the area. Uh, Montreal's an hour and a half away from, excuse me, from Ottawa. Um, all the pieces make sense for that type of group versus a group that it, it appears they're still trying to get money. Um, like maybe they're not even completely sewn up in terms of their finances. So I just smell trouble with this. It's nothing to do with Snoop. I think Snoop, everything Snoop touches just as much as Ryan Reynolds. Uh, Snoop is a wonderful entrepreneur. Everything he touches turns to gold. He's done very, very well for himself. Um, I just don't like the language and the writing on the wall that I'm seeing from this group in terms of should Ottawa start to, I know they've got a lot of players under contract for the next, you know, five to eight years, but what happens after that? And, and, and because we've seen the fan base in Ottawa struggle before what happens if it happens again, what happens if they can't get that deal done for Lansdowne park? What happens if they have to stay in Canada? I don't like all these things that could happen with a club or with an owner that could easily just pick up and go to the States easily. So well, no, thank you. I mean, the thing for this Nico Sparks uh, consortium that really got me is as it kind of kept getting closer and closer to the deadline, they kept having to bring in investors. Yeah. And it, it, it like now you were just kind of almost calling whoever you knew. Yeah. So to me, you didn't really have all your cards ready yeah. to rock and roll if that makes any any sense so, so did you really care well uh, listen i'll 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 say exactly what you did i really liked some of the things that i was hearing uh the first nations and i yeah. i like that they, they they wanted obviously this consortium was really trying to you know uh, uh african uh, um african canadians and african americans um yeah. you know the, in bringing in the indigenous groups they were really trying to uh, uh, make it that that multicultural and loved it loved it great but absolutely but, but but like i say as you were getting close to the deadline all i kept hearing kind of day after day was you know they're still they're trying to get the last bit of it add more and, people and, like, and, and, and to me fuck? you just don't have all the wherewithal ready to go <clears throat> like no. maybe another bid does but yeah you know uh, uh love the fact that they still went out there and and, and bid and and did what they needed to do and you know, probably gave uh, a few groups uh, shined a light on a couple of groups, obviously. Yeah. But in regards to the to the actual uh, um, group getting the senators, I would have to agree with you. I, too many cooks in the kitchen, and yep. uh, to use uh, uh, some words that that you used, and it just it it doesn't it that you know what it just doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel no. good. So, nope. you know, I, I think I'll just leave it at that, but um, we'll see how all this plays we'll out see, for yeah. the senators. I mean, at the very least here, you're going to get some, some pretty good backing here, no matter who it is um, Yeah. At, at the end of the day. So the sense should be in pretty good shape here, I would imagine. And yeah. uh, we'll, we'll kind of see how, it, how that goes down the road here. But um, yeah, I'd have to agree with you. I'm just, I'm not really feeling that bid like I did at the start. That's for sure. Yeah. Which is too bad because again, uh, after Ryan Reynolds and, and Remington Group stepped yeah. back, I was definitely all Team Snoop. I loved it. I still, I still love it. 
Um, but uh, yeah, it's just it doesn't feel the same anymore. I don't think it's passing the sniff test. I don't think the uh, his daughter Melink's daughters are going to give it up. So yeah, but anyways, we'll see. I think there's like a, another week or so before we get to find out who the owner is. So yeah, it's not going to be much longer there. I, I think within yeah. a week, if not the next couple of weeks for sure. Okay. Which is about right, time. There you go. God damn, we've all been waiting. Yeah. So let's get I know, this done. seriously, it's been it's been a long process. <laughs> all right. So now it's time for Mike's Beauties and Beast. Uh, we got a little bit of extra stuff going on here this week. I've got an honorable mention for you at oh, the nice. end of it all. Um, but we're going to go through this pretty quickly and, and you'll understand why. Uh, <laughs> two of my beauties this week are both on the same team. And we talked about them at length at the beginning of the show. But I just have a hard time not putting these two guys as beauties for the week. Yeah. And I know it was either going to be me or you. Like somewhere along the line, these guys were getting slipped in somewhere. We're talking about Matthew Kachuk and we're talking about Sergei Bobrovsky. Quite simply, folks, I just don't know where this team would be without these two players right now. Uh, one, from an offensive uh, perspective, uh, leading the charge um, in production, uh, leading the charge with just his game, his character. Um, Kachuk has just been everything that they, you know, we mentioned at the start of the show, and I won't go too much, too deep, much deeper into it other than there's not much more we can ask for the, from this guy. He has given this team every, every last drop of playoff hockey that he has so far more to come, but man, oh man, again, and like I said at the top of the show, I just don't know if there's a more complete hockey player out there right now with everything like intangibles, production, physicality, the whole nine yards. Uh, yeah. Matthew Kachuk, one of my beauties for the week, sliding into Bobrovsky again. I mean, I went over some of the numbers at the beginning of the show, guys. I mean, he is having a ridiculous, ridiculous, ridiculous series <clears throat> against the Canes right now. Uh, I, as Marty and I said, maybe three, nothing, but I just don't see that series being over quite yet. Even though I got this feeling like it could be on my end, I'm still calling it. I'm going to call it a sweep, but I mean, Carolina, if anybody's going to be able to get it done, it's going to be them, that's for sure. But, I mean, Sergey Bobrovsky, you're starting to earn your $10 million, bud. It's about goddamn time. And I'm sure that the Florida Panthers organization and the fan base is thrilled, thrilled with the, perform with the performance that the, they, you've been giving them out of the past, I'd say, two and a half, three weeks here. Anyway, all that's all I'll say about Bobrovsky. The numbers are right there. Check it out, NHL.com. Bingo, bango, done. Aiden Hill, you are my third beauty this week. It's been a carousel, man, in that <laughs> crease. Flat yeah. out. Like, it's just one after the other, one after the other. He's 5-1, 2.28 goals against average and a 9.30 save percentage. I mentioned that earlier on in the show. His last four games, his save percentages are 9.14, 9.50, 9.17, and 9.29. And again, the reason I mention those numbers is if your goaltender is giving you save percentages like that, you got a chance. That's it. And with and with Vegas and the offensive output that they can give you, yeah, that's that should be enough. That's that's more than a chance. Yeah. So and with the whole situation that that team's been under with their goaltending this year, you've got Laner that they signed for five years. He's been injured all year. He hasn't been able to play. Thompson injured at the beginning of the year, if I'm not mistaken, able to come back for some time on the injured reserve again, but I think just possibly coming back soon. They throw quick in there. After it's all said and done, who is it? 
Aiden Hill. Aiden Hill. <laughs> so you know what? I, I got to give it to the guy. He's up 2 nothing. He has, listen, he's flat out outplayed Jake Ottinger. Yep. That's it. That, that That's the statement. Like, I mean, there there is no uh, negotiating it. There is no debating it. He has outplayed Jake Ottinger in this series. I'm not sure it's and, been close. <laughs> and, and, well, and that's the thing that's really funny, right? I mean... Ottinger to me is is the most steady out of the bunch there, but boy oh boy, he seems to be the least steady out of the bunch at the particular moment. Yeah. So you know what? Good on Aiden Hill. Good on the Vegas Golden Knights. Getting it done again. Just finding ways to get it done. The comeback kids, man. Like if yeah. I, I don't know, they just got it in them. The cardiac kids. I don't know what you want to call them, but they got it in them. <laughs> nice. Now, my beast. Is Logan is sorry is the Phoenix Coyotes, and this is kind of this has got a bit of a beauty to it and a bit of a beast. The Coyotes will go. We know exactly what the deal is there. We know why they're the beast. You need to kind of get your head out of your ass, Gary. It's kind of done and over with. But the beauty side of this is Logan Cooley. After that vote goes down for that arena in yeah. wherever it was, Tempe or wherever the hell they were, yeah. he basically came out and said that the biggest reason I'm going back to school is because of the situation that's going on in Phoenix. Good for him. And you know what? I applaud him for it. And I, and I really do think that more players should take that stance if they still feel it. Good point. Especially when it comes to the Phoenix Coyotes. Yes, I agree. I, I mean, I mean, as soon as I heard that, as soon as I heard that, personally, in my head, I said to myself, good on you, Logan. Good on you. Why the hell Absolutely. not stay at school? Most popular fucking guy yep. on campus. Fucking, yeah. <laughs> you know, scoring goals left, right, and center. Probably Having goes fun. to uh, the fr- probably goes to the Frozen Four or some sort of deep playoff run uh, w- with his his um, his college team. I mean, probably gets to play another year of uh, uh, juniors over the Christmas break. Like, oh, true. So all of that, he's going to give all that up to go to Phoenix, nah. Arizona. Yeah, play the Mullet like, Arena. <laughs> like it's just. It, that that situation needs to resolve itself, and if we didn't get the point across the last time we talked about this, Marty, <laughs> when you have your own drafted players that are opting to not go to the NHL yeah. because of the situation that your team is in, come on, come on, man, come on, like, like, tell it's, me that's it, not the it, last it, nail over. in the coffin. It, it's over, and you know what, dude, you said you said it last week, the experiment's over. Yeah, like exactly. It's it's over in Arizona. Let's let's finish this off. Let's just die this out. Let's choke it out. Let's do something. Let's, let's kill this off. Yeah, because man, put a bullet through its head right now because it oh. is, it's pathetic at this point. You're watching it die a slow and painful death. Like this is really painful for the NHL, and that's what bothers me the most about this potential. Fiasco, not potentially about all of this fiasco. Gary isn't necessarily looking at as like this is bad. This is a black eye on the on the entire organization or on the entire league. 
he's looking as like, okay, there's still, a, you know, I can still do this. And if I, and if I save the day, I'll look great. Or I don't know. I don't know. And that's, that's something you brought up. I would really like to know why is he so hard on Phoenix having an NHL club? What is the rationale behind continuously reviving this concept only to let, have it watch fall flatter than it did the last time? There's nothing. What was the last positive thing you can think of in terms of Phoenix and uh, this organization? When was the last time anything positive came out of this organization? Paul Bisonette? <laughs> like, well, if I'm if I'm being literal, we're probably going back to 2012. Was that not the year that Mike Smith took them to the conference final? Oh, oh! But, it, it, but that sentence right there is proves your point. A, a 2012, decade. a decade like, since anything on. positive, since anything positive happened to this club. It's not like in that decade. They were able. Oh, you know what though? Yes, it's true. We haven't been in the playoffs ten years, but we did manage to get the first overall pick, and we got ourselves one Connor McDavid. Nope, you didn't do that. Oh, you know what? But we drafted really well, and we were able to get ourselves a, I don't know, uh, Jason Robertson, who was picked twenty fourth overall, whatever it was, thirty six, I think. Nope, didn't do that either. You've got a couple of decent players here and there sprinkled throughout your organization, and that's it. And in fact, you lost one last year, one in uh, Jacob Chiptron. Chikrin, who now is in Ottawa, who is, you know, he's happier in Ottawa than he is in Phoenix. Think about that sentence. <laughs> I'm it's happier just... to live in a frozen tundra than in a beautiful, what, what I've only heard is a wonderful place to live in Arizona. And he would rather go and play in Ottawa. You've got one uh, Keller. Absolutely. But what did his dad recently say? Although maybe he didn't say it or whatever, like. Well, that's the that's the other interesting part too is that Keller's representation yeah. spoke with um as soon as the news came out that they were going to play continue playing in Mullet Arena yeah. for the 2023-2024 season, apparently his representation um went up to the 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 Yotes management team and had a discussion. So, I mean, your your own players now, yeah, like they're done. Like Gary you better figure it out, bud. Um, you know, I think it's been figured out for him. It's that he needs to come to terms with it and move on. Um, well, apparently there's a guy that that wants to talk to Gary to bring back the uh, um, a team to Hartford. Really? I know, I know. Two, two shows back to back with Hartford. I like it. And, and, and of course, there's always Quebec City near and dear yes. to our hearts. Course, so yeah. I'll take either of those. Though. I like Hartford. Yeah, I'd take either one of them too. I mean, the only thing that he wouldn't like about that is it'd be a team coming to the East, right? So it'd be an unbalanced conference. Put Detroit again. in the West, and everything's fine. Like just there you go, Detroit. Detroit. You get suckered again, buddy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're used take to it. it. It's all good. They are. They are. They know. They know the deal. It's a, so, yes, it's a non-issue. I, it, it, I, I don't think you should look at relocating based on where the team should be coming from so that the East and West is balanced. I, that's not how you look at this. And that's why you fucking failed with Phoenix. You look at this as like what team, what city is ready for it now and will sell out every game? Because what we can't have is another Phoenix situation. And absolutely, you can't, you can't have this again. If you take this team, you relocate, and then within two or three years, the writing's on the wall, and you can tell this is just going to be Phoenix Coyotes 
you can't do that again. So you take them to a guaranteed market and then you figure out after telling me you can't figure out an East West one extra team. Really? You can't figure that out. Really? Gary. All right. Maybe you shouldn't I mean, be the commissioner. Anymore. He always likes to make things so much more difficult than it needs to be. Exactly. Like, I hate that guy. Get him I hate that guy. Me too. Whatever. And there you go, my friend. Beauties and the beasts. Thanks to everyone out there for listening. If you are interested in reaching out to us, you can email us at twoguysaleagueandsomeguests at gmail.com. You can find our latest episodes on our website at twogalag.com. Or you can follow us on Twitter for all of our info. Our handle is at twogalag. That's the number two, followed by G-A-L-A-G. Thanks for listening, and until next time.